Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. For women in heterosexual relationships, understanding the men that we love can be quite a challenge. And so I've brought in some reinforcements, and that is why I have Shana James on the podcast today. I was on her podcast a while ago and just thought she was brilliant and great and had wonderful things to say. She has an MA in psychology, a positive intelligence certified mental fitness coach. She has a TED talk. She's writing a book. She's been working for really decades with men specifically and helping them, understanding them, getting inside what, how they really tick. So today I have her on the podcast and we're going to cover, is it five things? Is it four things? Is it 10 things? Who knows? But it's a lot of things all about men so you can hopefully understand how to be in relationship different and better right away. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. So I'm super excited, as you already heard from the intro, to introduce Shana James. I was on her podcast a little while ago, and you know, I'm on a lot of podcasts, but uh, you know, as a guest, and it's rare that I connect so well with the host. And if Shana lived close, I'd be stalking her to be her best friend all the time. Uh, she was just so great. And this take on men, and I work with men, as you all know, a lot, 
but to really be someone who just coaches men and has this, I, we, we had to do this episode on the, you know, the five things women need to know about men. It might end up being more or less, but we'll see where the conversation goes. So welcome, Shana. Thank you so much for having me. I would stalk you back. So we'd be, we'd be double stalking. <laughs> I love it. Well, then we would just be friends, I guess. Right, exactly. <laughs> that, that sounds healthier. Sounds a little healthier. Do you love that? Therapist talking about stalking. It's so <laughs> So, so let's get into it. Let's talk about the things that women need to know about men. And let me just ask first, what brought you to working, like getting into this little area that you're yeah, very working niche. with men? Well, so about 20 years ago, I had the opportunity to work, uh, as a, a woman coach in a, in a men's workshop. So I was part of this, um, I would call it conscious community where we were attempting to you know, we were young and naive and we were trying to figure out the world and be authentic and genuine with each other. And we made a, a whole bunch of messes. We, you know, we talked about attraction. We talked about um, when we were upset with each other and we did our best to not bail, like to really have the conversations and wow. try to work things through. And two of the men who were part of that community received so much benefit from these honest relationships that they started a course for men where men got to receive honest and loving feedback from women because they found in their lives that women could be honest, but not necessarily loving, or they would withhold the truth because, you know, we don't like, we don't have a, we don't have an obligation to tell men why they're not attractive or why we don't want them or, and you know, that's not always our role. So sometimes men are left hanging, you know? So one of the things I, I often do with men is I act as a like an, uh, an impact mirror or an impact reflector, like here's what's going on as you just said that, or as you just asked that question, mm. or as you just, you know, checked out of your body or whatever it may be, I get to lovingly say to them, okay, here's the impact that it had on me. So, wow. you know, 20 years ago when I thought I was going to be working mostly with women, I, it was just so eye-opening and heart-opening to have these experiences with men who were willing to be vulnerable and show me what was behind the masks and the facades. And mm. it definitely changed my life. Oh, love it. Love it. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's great. And I've listened to your podcast before and we'll talk about that at the end again, and I'll link to it in the show notes, everyone. Uh, but really getting to understand men better, I think is for straight women, especially it's like our lifelong pursuit, you know, yes. is to try to really understand who we're with. And I always joke about, you know, Hey, we all can't be lucky lesbians. And that's, you know, <laughs> it's like when we're with men, that's how, you know, it's a choice, right? I mean, it's harder. It is harder yeah, to, to do it, it this harder. way. Yeah. So great. So let's get into some of the things that really women need to know that you have as kind of an inside track from working with men for so long. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing that really strikes me is that every man is vulnerable and you know, I'll say human, we're all human. I, like there's a tenderness inside of every man, no matter what he's projecting is, is what I've found. And I usually don't say every man, but I would say every man that I've ever worked with, every man who's come to me, every man who's shown up in a workshop, you know, even if they're not showing it on the surface, there is a kind of tenderness there. And so I think a lot of women, we can be like, he doesn't feel anything or he doesn't, he's not showing anything or he's not you know, I, I don't even think he has emotions. 
the reality is that a lot of men are conditioned out of feeling their emotions and feeling their bodies. And they're told that, you know, they're a pussy or they should man up or they're weak and all of those things. So I think, you know, we, as women just to know that that shifted something for me when I just started to see, Oh, even if I'm not seeing it here, there is a vulnerability here. Somehow that made me feel a lot safer mm-hmm. and a lot more compassion for them. Yep. I don't know if you can relate yep. to that. Yeah. It's a little less scary, I think. Yeah. It's funny because I think I'm mostly relating to this with the work I do with men, like in boardrooms and things, you know, in, in yes. the corporate world. Yes where I'll have someone who just seems like such an asshole. I'm like, Oh yes. my gosh, who is this guy? And so much bravado or so much, you know, controlling mm-hmm. craziness. And just as you said that, that's what I started. I started thinking of a few people and how oh, that yes. would disarm a little bit. Just yeah. me personally being in the space. Yep. Yeah. That's really helped me too. Cause when I forget, I feel smaller and I feel I start to get kind of fuzzy and scared. And when I remember, and you know, I've been in many rooms of where I was a woman facilitator was me and another man facilitator. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the men were talking and then suddenly I opened up and started crying and the men responded by getting so vulnerable and open. It was like, you wouldn't have known that it was there. Uh And then suddenly they were showing their true colors and what was underneath. And so, you know, it's, it's risky and I wouldn't, you know, it was a certain context, right. Where we were leading a workshop or something. And so you're in a board meeting, you're not necessarily just going to open up and start crying with a man, (laughs) but there is something about just knowing, okay. And, and the degree to which the bravado is on the surface, I think is also the degree to which the tenderness goes deep inside. Oh, it's such a nice thought, actually. Yeah. It's interesting because I've definitely, I've had that same thing. I haven't, haven't done the cry, but I've gotten really real with my emotions in yeah. those situations. Yeah. And what's interesting is I've had women I've worked with who will, if they're crying, you know, uh, sometimes their man, you know, in a personal situation, their man gets upset. Yeah. Gets angry, like, oh, now you're crying, and now I'm supposed to, now I'm the bad guy, and I'm yes. supposed to feel bad, or you've just derailed the conversation. You know, they're having yep. a conversation one way, and then the crying starts. And I, it's interesting. I have my thoughts about that for sure. But what are your thoughts about what's happening when yeah, that happens? Uh, I mean, I'm so curious to hear your thoughts too. Yeah. My thoughts go to, okay, he's taking it personally. He's feeling like he did something bad and wrong. And then the only way for him to not feel the the depth of the pain that he has caused her, that he thinks, oh, I've caused mm-hmm. her pain is to defend against it. And so yep. this way of, yeah, okay, well, you know, now, now I've got to deal with this. He doesn't really get okay. It's not personal. I haven't done anything wrong. And so, uh, yeah, I want to hear your thoughts, but one of the things I help women do when I have worked with women in the past is help them simultaneously, you know, this, I think this takes some mastery, but to have the capacity to be feeling our emotions as well as understanding what's going on for another person, Mm -hmm. right. And being able to say, Hey, I'm crying. I feel sad right now. It's not your fault. And I would really love for you to stay here with me. Or, you know, can we look at this together with nobody to blame? 
it takes a lot to be able to feel and collaborate at the same Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Oh, so good. I, and I think that, you know, when like the clients I've been talking to, when, as I talk to them about it, when they're start, when they break down, often it's out of frustration and desperation. Yes. Often it's from a place of hopelessness and helplessness. Yeah. I think that's what, yeah. Right. What these men are picking up on. And then they feel like there's nothing because, you know, men like to do. Yeah. And if there's nothing I can do, because we're just done, you know, you, I don't know what to do anymore. You know, this thing you're always coming feeling up. emotional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like always here. I, and I, so when I've talked to women, it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm not never telling anyone don't cry or don't feel your feelings. Of course, yeah. feel your feelings Yeah, and be aware that, that often the other person, in this case, these men don't, they, they don't know what to do when there's not something to be done. I don't yeah. know what else to say. Like, right, like, oh, I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to hold me or I just want you mm-hmm. to be here with me. Right. They're like, oh, what do I do? Until they learn that when, when that happens, right? Like if they, once they start to gain access to their own hearts and their own tenderness, then they start to get it like, oh yeah. Cause I've had men say too, you yep. know, my woman, my, my wife or my partner, like, she tries to fix me when I'm feeling something and she doesn't want me to feel so it, it can go both ways. I agree. I think it can. Yeah. And I, and I do think that that same thing of, you know, I have to be a certain way. I, I think men get, you know, trained very well at, in their jobs Yeah. to, cause most of them are not counselors and most of them are not, you know, doing this, right. Um, they get trained very well. Like the, the, the things that they're great, that make them great at work, mm-hmm. make them terrible partners. Yeah. And so this, I, you know, that they fix problems and that things come and, you know, I'm Gary, you know, my, my wonderful man is the director of quality at a medical device startup. And he's always worked in that little area of risk management and right. I mean, talk about someone that's all he does is solve (laughs) and try to head problems off at the pass. And, you know, he gets, he's ex Navy on top of that. I mean, he just gets so, yeah. He just gets so like, let's fix it. <clears throat> and I've had to train him that you want to, I want you to see the tiger. I don't want you to fix the tiger, you know? <laughs> so, so, and, and my clients have heard me say that a lot of times. It's like, yeah, see, see what I'm upset about. Yeah. That's great. I'm there, but don't try to fix what I'm upset about Yeah, necessarily. Like maybe yeah. together we can in a minute, but, and I, I think that that just, I don't know if you've seen it too, but I just think that's where they get stuck. Yeah. Right. There's something that they want to do. Well, and, and if we look at like, I love assuming the best about people and then getting curious as opposed to assuming the worst. And so if we assume the best, like, oh, well, you want to fix that because you don't want me to hurt anymore. Right. Right. You want to fix yep. that because you care about me and it doesn't always come out that way. I, I often think about the wizard of Oz and it's like, you know, the man behind the curtain, yep. right. There's a sense of okay, I'm trying to do this thing so that I can come off as very competent. And yet behind the curtain, there is this one who doesn't really know how to do it and how to fix things and and make things right right in the way that he wants to for you. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, and I think asking, you know, so one of the, to me, a tip right there is to stop and ask yourself, you know, as you're berating your partner, like, oh, he's always, he's not listening to me. He's trying to fix it. you know, he's, I don't feel heard is to stop and think about what he is doing. 
Mm, you know what I mean? It's, right it's, to appreciate. Yeah. It's not from maliciousness. He, no. no, it's from his own fear, likely, yeah. right? And seeing his partner afraid and scared, number yeah. one. And sometimes I'll agree it's because they don't want to deal with it, yeah. right? They just don't want to deal with it. I get it. That's sometimes true. Yeah. But a lot of the times it is from their own fear. And yeah. so to just stop and think, what else is true here? Yeah. Just that. What else is true here? Yeah. They and love me a we're lot. not and pissed off and, you know, hating them in our heads, we could actually get curious. Mm-hmm. Oh, how can we together approach this? How can we together feel more understood and supported by one another? Mm-hmm. How can we together, you know, go through situations where one of us isn't happy or one of us is disappointed? Cause that's inevitable. Yep. yep. Always going to happen. And I yep. think a lot of people in marriages are on the seem like they're on opposite teams as opposed to, oh, we're actually on the same team together. So how do we act that way? Yep. That's my whole, as you know, because I spoke about it on your podcast, that is my whole jam about yeah. the we and the being on the same team and not competing, yeah. keeping score. And if you really did think this is a team member of mine who's struggling with my feelings, yes. what would that mean? How would yeah. we, we approach that? How would yes. we talk about this as opposed to he's not listening. He doesn't get it. Yeah. And then that complete shut off. And I will say in my experience, and I'm assuming yours, men have a very hard time from the shut off. Yeah. They just, they just don't know how to access anything else after that. Okay. Yeah, totally. And I was just thinking about how, um, you know, it's really powerful to be able to take a step back and notice the we, right? Like, Oh, I notice we are having a hard time right now. I noticed that I got really upset. And then I noticed you seemed to, you know, get angry. You seemed angry. I don't know if that's true, but like, can we look at what's happening with us again? I think it, it takes a lot of mastery to be in an emotional state and also having a logical conversation. But I think that's where we're, we're all headed. Ideally is the capacity to be able to, you know, support each other and have a conversation about the dynamics that we find ourselves stuck in, as opposed to being totally entrenched and stuck in them. Yep. One of the things I talk a lot about is, you know, setting up the conversation, those conversations to win. Yes. So if you sit down together and say, you know, it's my, you know, I love you and this is painful, but we're a team and we're going to get through this together. And it's my intention that we both walk away feeling good. Feeling like you've been heard. Oh, it's so relieving. I think for a person of any gender to receive rather than when we don't have a context like that, we're making up in our minds, someone's upset with me. They're going to leave. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, the, they're they're, like, we all go back to our childhoods and what happened when our parents were upset with us and we lost love. And Mm -hmm. when you set up that context, it changes everything. It's really disarming. I was, I think sharing a few months ago, because I had a client, a woman I was working with who was going to a couple, different couples therapist with her husband. And he had said in the last session, like, there's some things I really want to talk about next session. You know, I got some stuff. And, you know, by the time I saw her, she was Ooh. frantic. Yeah. And I said to her, you know, you kind of know what he's going to say. You already know what the problems are. You already, you've been talking about them. Yeah. And we had some talks, but I had her practice that. And I said, you know, when you go in there, set up, set it up. Yes. And so she did when she started the session, she said, before you go, here it is. You know, I, 
I'm really working on, I'm going to be listening. You know, I really want to hear everything you're saying because I want to get this because I want us to be close. And And it might be hard for me and I might get emotional. I might struggle. (laughs) Yes. And I might not do it perfectly. Uh, And at the end of the session, the therapist was, you know, started talking and asked the husband, like, so, you know, how was that for you? And he said, I have to tell you, I was, I was feeling very different when I walked in the session and what she said disarmed me. Yes. Right. The the fact, oh, I want to listen to you. I want to hear you. Yep. That's like a bomb for the soul. Wow. It's so great. And so they had this great session and she said it was hard. Like I heard things I didn't want to hear. Right. She said, but it wasn't nearly as hard as I kind of thought in my head, you know, all the things I made up, right? Number one. And number two, she said, I really was listening. Yeah. Like I said it and I was really listening. I wanted to understand what, try to understand what he was saying. So, you know, again, even her just setting it up that way, he did come back with that vulnerability you're talking about and that gentleness and that, you know, that, that softness that we're looking for. So. I was just thinking back to how, you know, before my late twenties, I didn't even, I never got angry. I just was always, I I went sad because my mom was very angry. And so then I went a little more to the other. And once I realized I was angry, I could get angry. Then I was a little more explosive. And Mm -hmm. in my marriage, I would say I was a little, I was emotionally, I don't know, uncorked, right? It wasn't like I was blaming or attacking him necessarily, but if he brought up something that was vulnerable, I would cry and I would have a lot of emotions. And then he didn't feel like he actually would get heard in those dynamics because my emotions would take over. And so I've had to learn, right? Okay. I can feel these feelings and I can also listen. I remember one teacher I had saying like, it might feel like you're going to die. You know, it might feel like you're going to die to be able to listen fully and then respond with what you need to say, yeah. but listen fully. And that's what you need to say. I love it. Oh my God. It's so good. So good. Okay. So I love that one. So just having that in mind that they are vulnerable, that they're bringing this to the table. Great. What, what's another thing that when, well, as we're talking about this, I'm realizing that one of the things that I've worked on with women over the years is that how much more men and people, let's say respond to desires versus complaints. Mm. They're actually this, the opposite side of a coin, right? Like anytime we have a complaint, we also have a desire because anytime we don't want something the way it is, we want something different. We, you know, we want something. And so I can imagine we as women often feeling like, but I told him, I told him many times and, you know, he didn't, he's not changing and he can't hear me. And then when we really get into it, it's like, oh, the way sometimes we tell is through our complaints. Mm-hmm. And I think on the one hand, you could say, okay, people could figure out what that means. But when we complain, we've already put someone on the defensive and it's painful. And then they're going into second guessing themselves and trying to prove that they're that they're good. And So it really doesn't get through in the same way. And and that's been a challenge for me too. Like to really sit down and be like, God, I just want to lash out and say this thing. And I just want to complain. And I want to, I don't want to have to be responsible. And what I found over the years is, yeah, great. If I don't want to be responsible, okay, fine. But it's not going to go well. No, (laughs) I'm not going to get what I want. It's, I always tell people, that's why you have a best girlfriend. 
you know, if, and I would say, by the way, even as I say that, don't complain to 50 people about your man, you know, you know, have a therapist, have a best friend and call it done. Yeah. Or vent and then like vent and then step into, okay, what do I actually, what do I do? Right. What, and I do talk a lot about, you know, when you figured out what you don't want, then figure out what you do want Yeah, and keep going towards that. Right. What is it that I want? So I don't want, I had a woman the other day sharing that her, um, she's feeling kind of crazy because her, her husband leaves, you know, they, he leaves all his stuff on the vanity. Uh There are two sinks. So he has his side, she has her side and her set of drawers and his set of drawers. But of course she puts all of her things away that she doesn't use every day, right? If she uses something once a week, she pulls it out of a drawer, Yeah, but he's got, he, you know, he just leaves it all out. He leaves it all out. And she was complaining about it. And he's like, it's my side. Like, why are you up in what my side looks like? And she's, her thing is, well, we cohabitate here. You know, we're cohabitating and you're not cohabitating well. And, and again, and I can talk about what I said, but what, what do you do when that comes up? Like, I'm so curious what you said to that. (laughs) Well, I can start with that if you want, but yeah, yeah, I want to know what you said. Well, I, you know, I just talked to her about, I said, number one, you know, you're (laughs) just, just think about, I said, how many other complaints do you have around the house? And she had a million. And I yeah. said, so first of all, he's just getting like, he can't do anything right. Everything right. he puts anywhere. He can't do anything right. Yeah. I, I said, so that's a problem. I said, and really what the thing I always say to people is, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not in relationships because our husbands mow the lawn well, or put their things away. We're in relationships because we want to feel safe and secure and whole and loved yeah. and cherished. And I said to her, I bet if you felt all those things, you wouldn't even care that there was a, a toothpaste right, left a on bottle. the counter. Yes. And she, of course, agreed. She said, you're right. I said, then stop talking about that. Yeah. Then stop talking about that. Talk about what you do want. Talk, it about, doesn't, yes. Talk right? about what really matters to you. Talk what about matters. what matters you want and right. why. I could see too, you know, if someone were to say, I mean, this, this, we'll, we'll, we'll see. As I say this, we might, I love saying things and then I might take it back, but it's like, I could see on one level when we start to talk about why something would feel good and how much more relaxed I would feel, you know, that can have an impact too. But I think you're pointing to an even deeper level, which is it's not about the stuff, you know, it's not about these surface complaints we have. Like, talk about if you're not actually feeling met or cared for. Right. Those are the conversations we need to be having. Yeah. And to not, I think, you know, diagnose and label and give meaning because, you know, her thing is, well, then I'm the maid, right? I have to, I'm cleaning up after him. And I said, I don't think he thinks you're a maid. Yeah. I promise. I don't think that's anywhere in his head. He does not think you're his maid. (laughs) He just doesn't. He just likes to see his things and know that. I mean, I was thinking about myself the other day where I was like, oh, I don't see if I don't leave my vitamins out. Oh yeah. I don't take them. And I'm like, wow, that is really wild to realize that I can't remember, but okay. (laughs) You know, so then it might be like, well, let's, let's have a box or let's have a, a, you know, something to organize or again, together, how would we collaborate about this? Or what you're saying is just forget about it and move on to the more important stuff. You can, you know, I mean, if you can, and I, or I remain or you know, I don't know, you know, there's so many, I think, ways to go besides this deciding that this is going to drive you crazy. Yes. And to really just take a minute and think about 
again, are you thinking it means something? He doesn't respect me. He doesn't listen to me. He doesn't hear me. I think there's a lot of. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Huge meaning Besides, and I have to tell you, because I talk to these men and you can say it right now because you talk to these men more than I do. When I ask them, they're like, are you kidding me? That's the last thing. The last thing on their mind is pissing off their partner. It's the last thing. On their mind. Yes. Right, <laughs> but, right. So what do you find with the men? What are they thinking about? Why don't they remember to put away their stuff? I mean, I, somehow it just seems like there's a different, they're focusing on something else. And like you said, okay, can we be grateful? You know, if a man is providing more finances or support for the kids or, you know, things that really matter, can we, can we let some of those things go? I think that's a really beautiful way to look at it. And all right, if I'm not feeling connected, I I agree. If, if I'm feeling connected and loved and supported, I can look at that same counter of stuff and be like, ah, it's a little irritating, but it doesn't piss me off. Right. Right. So maybe those are the pointers to that deeper layer where we could actually connect and, and have some healing happen. Yeah. Like what I'm working on a book right now. And one of the sections is, you know, it's never about the laundry or the garbage or any (laughs) of those things. There's always a deeper layer of we're either feeling unsupported or misunderstood Mm -hmm. or, you know, unloved. And we, we, we want more of that person or we want more of that person's attention and presence. Yeah. And when that happens, it usually we care much less about the, the counters and the dishes. That's so good. So, and we didn't really talk about this before, but how, how do they, how do women get more of that presence? How do they, that's something for women to know, you know, yeah. it, it's kind of like, how do I get my man to listen to me? I guess is really the yes. question, but you know, how do I get more of that presence that I'm looking for? That's um, a great question. I mean, one of the ways I think is modeling it, you know, that when we're with, and I, you know, I realize we're talking very heterosexual here, but I think this can work for any gender, any gender's relationships, but you know, it can be really hard for a man. Someone said, I can't remember who it was, right. The longest journey for a human or for a man can be from your head to your heart. And I think men, especially they don't necessarily know what it feels like, you know, they can be athletic and and use their bodies, but to actually be embodied, which means to really be aware of your body and your sensations and your emotions. Again, many men have been conditioned out of it. So sometimes what I want to say to women is sometimes, sometimes men need more than you to be able to access that again, right? Sometimes a men's circle or a workshop or, you know, some kind of 
experience. You could do a Tantra workshop together. You could like, you could go and be guided by someone else or, you know, Abby or myself, right. Work with men and help them access those parts. And if in the moment, instead of feeling, or you could feel frustrated, but instead of acting out your frustration and you're not with me and you don't listen, what would it be like for you to take a moment and calm yourself down and get present and feel that desire? Mm -hmm. I want to be here with you right now. You know, I want you to look into my eyes and I want to feel your love for me, or those are really vulnerable things to say. And so I think it's, it's much easier to complain or berate because we don't have to get vulnerable, Mm -hmm. but when we do get more vulnerable, we have more of a chance of a man waking up. It can, it can actually wake up a man's consciousness. That is so good to know. Cause I know that a lot of women I've worked with and listeners would say, well, um, I'm, I'm afraid I'll ask and then he won't do it. Or I have asked in the past. And then I didn't, I get that a lot. Actually. I hear people say that I've asked and it didn't happen. I've asked and it didn't happen. Um, and what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think when we ask and it doesn't happen, we can tend to go more again toward frustration. Like, I'm, you know, this isn't happening. And now I'm even more upset versus sticking with the vulnerability of I'm feeling really sad. I'm feeling really alone or I need something, you know, it's, I think it's so vulnerable for any person, but women actually men to all genders to say like, well, I really need something. I need to feel more connected to you, or I need Mm -hmm. to know that you're on my side. And there you go. That's a, that's a scary conversation for many of us. Yeah. It's such a good one though. And I like the, it is usually what I say to folks is, you know, if you've done it and you've asked and you haven't gotten it, mm-hmm. then, then you just stop asking it. That's not the answer. Right. And if any of us at a job, were given a problem and we tried one thing and it didn't work and we said, Oh, Oh, well, Oh, well, I guess that's <laughs> oh, it. Well, sorry. <laughs> you know, we wouldn't number one, keep that job. Yeah. And, and we wouldn't even think to do it that way. We would ask no. someone else. We would go get help. We would try to learn something new to apply to it. We would, there's a million things we would do to try to solve that problem Yes, because we had to solve it. And I think that's the thing, you know, I say to folks a lot is um, I just did an episode on, um, you, you know, stopping you know, that same argument you have over and over, you know, how to stop that. Yes. And it's really about, you know, not giving up on, you know, not deciding like there is no other option. I love you. We have to figure this out. Like we have have to to figure figure this this out. out. We don't have another choice. So how are we going to do it? Yeah. I mean, and I acknowledge that I am one of those people who I get really scared to ask. And I get scared that my desires are going to break things and break the relationship. But I notice that when I don't ask, then I get kind of resentful or I get dull. I don't really, I'm not as attracted. And so it really is a practice that I have to keep up with to say, okay, I'm feeling this way. There's something that I'm wanting that I'm probably not asking for. Oh, it's so good. And it's so great. Again, if, if you have a positive expectation that you'll get it, Mm. you would keep doing it. Yeah. You know, if I'm doing most things, I have a positive expectation that if I try hard enough, I'll get there you know, like, all right, let me just keep, you know, this was hard. Let me try it again. I, you know, in all things, right. Anything we learn or do. And so, you know, if I burn dinner, I don't just go, I'll never going to cook again. I'm like, okay, (laughs) let's, 
<laughs> let's order right, out let's maybe keep, tonight, let's but keep let, trying. right. Let's keep trying. Like, or what will I do with that? Or, Oh, I can save this part. And for yeah. some reason, again, with this, there's not a positive expectation. It's like, no. I've tried, it's done. And now, you know, I give up. nothing can be done. I give up. I think and a lot I of couples, everybody picks up on that. Yeah. And I think a lot of couples try to solve problems in the heat of the moment, as opposed to, Hey, can we debrief what happened the other night? Like, you know, now that we're both clear headed, I'd like to look and see, okay, how did that happen? And how did we fall into that dynamic? And what was going on for you? And here's what was going on for me. And my partner and I have done that in a way. And we both had the idea one time to sit down on the couch and just share, like, here's what was most vulnerable about all of that for me. Mm, And it was powerful. I mean, the healing that happened in that conversation was amazing. And it took a lot of like, you know, swallowing and <laughs> clearing my throat and being like, oh, I don't want to say this, but ultimately, <sighs> I think that's where we're free. Oh, it's so great. Oh, so I love that whole, I love all that. Okay, great. What else do women need to know? What else? I think one of the important things is that there are a lot of men, you and I were talking about this, who you know, if we're drawn or we're attracted in the beginning, they are excited and they say yes. And they say, okay, to things. And, and sometimes men just keep saying, okay. And the the book that I'm working on is all around honesty. And one of the pieces is being honest with ourselves. Mm. And in my marriage, when it ended, he said something like, I got roped into your life vision. And I was infuriated because I was like, oh my God, you know, that means you're not making choices for yourself. But when I went back and, and kind of played things out, it was like, oh yeah, if, if someone just keeps going along and saying yes, and things are okay, you know, I think it's important to, to press a little more and be like, okay, is this really okay for you? What are you really wanting? You know, are you afraid of breaking things over here? Mm -hmm. So I think that really acknowledging that everybody has a shadow everybody has ways that we manipulate, not necessarily consciously or because we want to, but because we're human. And you know, that if you don't see any of that in your relationship, I think it's likely to bite you in the ass later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. If it's, if it's okay, it's not okay. (laughs) Or if it's too, okay, it's It's, not okay. If it's too, okay. If it's like continually just, if it's only ever, okay. And only ever going along. Yeah. And and, uh, you know, one of the things I've noticed, I think over the years is that, um, cause you know, I've been doing this so long now when I started women, you know, we're, at, we're certainly in the workforce, but not in the way we are now. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it was a different time really, you know, coming out of something different. And I do think that there's a, women are so capable now, you know, I have these women who went to, you know great schools and have degrees and we're working, right. Yeah. Doing, and then they have kids. Yeah. And then it's like your whole, I know for me, my whole world split apart when I, kids oh my God. I was so attached to being like a mover and a shaker in my, in my business life. Yes. And then I remember being it was so embarrassing, but I remember being at a park one day with Matt. It was when Max was born, he was little. And I was, and I blurted out to some group of women I was with, I was like, you know, oh, I work full-time. I'm not a full-time mom. Like I, I, like nobody cares. And what are you doing? Like my ego was so bruised sitting out there 
First of all, not feeling like a good mom. I didn't know what I was doing. And second of all, losing this part of myself. Yes. But I found myself super controlling at home. Yeah. You know, that makes sense, right? If we're feeling uncomfortable or we're feeling like some part of our identity is being threatened, then we would get super controlling to try to hang on. Right. And I think that that, and then I didn't, you know, I did go back to work when the kids were each like six months, you know, I, I went back, I went back part-time, but I went and then full-time, but I think I, I mean, I have so many women who end up staying home, you know, it just makes more sense, you know, yeah. stay home or whatever. And I think that they're kind of bored. Yeah. I think that these smart, vibrant, beautiful, amazing women are a little bit bored yes. with how many times can you worry about like the perfect baby food? I mean, yeah. my God, you, the shape right? of the poop and that, right. Yeah. My partner yesterday, like, I think my vocabulary has decreased like 30 to 40% since becoming a parent. And he said, well, yeah, if most of what you're talking about, you know, I still yep. work too, but if, but yeah, there's a lot of conversation that's not using big words. <laughs> so we lose parts of ourselves or we think we lose parts of ourselves. And then that can, we can blame our partners for that too. Yep. Like, why do you yep. get to be out there and doing what you're doing as uh-huh. opposed to, huh, what do I need to feel whole and complete over here? Yep. And I think it's becomes part of that tension when they come home, you know, if, yes. if, if he was out, you know, working full time, yeah. he comes home and I'm carrying all this stuff. And that's a whole, obviously huge whole. part. I can't even go down, but with the emotional labor and everything else. But I, but I think at a very basic level, it's, I'm feeling kind of lost and yeah. your life, you know, is sort of, your life normal. seems like it's on track, kind of normal, right? You're still doing all the things you were doing. We've just added this thing. Yeah. I'm not doing half the things I used to do or saying half the things I used to say or with half the people I used to be with. Yes. And I think that's when, uh, in my experience, women have gotten jail. You know, if, if he's still playing soccer on Thursdays or if he, it's like, Hey, wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like. Like I'm home. What are you doing? I and again, some of that too. right. It's, it's like the, I think again, women and men come to these things very differently. Yeah. They, they, what doesn't mean men are less attached to their children. It doesn't mean anything it's, but it's because they're doing it so differently. I know I struggled with it too. It's like, are you even doing it? You know what I mean? Are you here with me? I'm feeling very abandoned emotionally. I'm not getting how important it is that he didn't poop at two o'clock. What is your problem? Right. And that's my, that's what I'm paying attention to these days. And so, yes, I want you, I want you in on this with me and, or I just don't want to be alone in it. Right. And there, I think they get to a point where they're like, I can't talk about that anymore. Like, I don't know how to have these conversations anymore. Yeah. And then, right. And then we're, you know, and then there's that disconnection. There's yes. that. And of course, and a lot of times we're not having sex and we're not having, you know, or sex as much. And I mean, all, you know, we're feeling different about our bodies. I remember how my body changed, but I was like, oh what God. is going on? Yeah. Where is my ass? What happened? Yeah. What? Yeah. What, what happened? Right. And then I think, right. We can, like you said, we can either get controlling and, or, you know, bitter mm-hmm. as opposed to the vulnerability of I'm struggling and I need something. I need us to figure this out together. Mm-hmm. I need your help. Yeah, and I, help. and I want to segue here. We didn't talk about this before, but I want your thought. Um, I have had some people write in and I've had this with clients myself. I've had women who've had miscarriages uh-huh. and very commonly it, it's, it's incredibly com- like all, I want to say all, and I won't, but it seems like all yeah, many of us do have 
a complaint or a, a worry or whatever the words are that their partner isn't grieving mm. or doesn't get same it mm-hmm. or doesn't, you know, and of course, of course they're not grieving the same way. It didn't, right. it's not physically it in their, their body. body, but they, I think there's a feeling like that the men have moved on while they're mm-hmm. still holding this thing. And I don't always think that's true. I, I've talked to these men. I, I don't think that's true, but what, what, what is that? Like, why? why are we so upset that they're not? Cause you know, intellectually, you know, people grieve differently. Yeah. It is. doesn't mean it's wrong or bad. It just is different, but that's not how it feels to women. No, that's not how it feels. Right. It feels like if you're not grieving at the same level, I am, I mean, I, I would imagine we go to, maybe there's something wrong with me or again, I feel alone mm-hmm. and I don't know if I can trust you because if you're not really feeling this, then you know, what, what is true. So Again, I think we can make all kinds of meaning and instead of checking it out and getting really curious and saying, Hey, seems like you've moved on. I notice I'm still really struggling. Like, can you tell me what is happening for you? Are you just not showing it or, or have you really moved on? Like, I want to know you. I want to understand. Mm-hmm. We go to more of the attack, blame, shame, all of that. I love this. I want to know you. I'm writing yeah. it down. I think it's so, as you're saying it, it feels so different than even I want to understand you uh-huh, uh-huh. because even that language of understanding, it's like, yeah, cause I think this way and you think that way. Right. And I want to understand how you could possibly be such an asshole. No. And right. I want to understand, you know <laughs> what I mean? Or how you could possibly be so clueless or how you could, I, that's different than I want to I get to know, know you. you. I've never said this in this way before. This is a brilliant mm-hmm. conversation to me because what does that mean? Like you said it. So what, I mean, it's hitting me on all levels, but it's so simple and it's such a, it's such a nuanced thing, but I think yeah. it's enormous. I think, cause to me, it brings us back to curiosity and not making an assumption that I know how it is for you or that I'm making up all this meaning. I think we can kind of put our partners in a box and think we already know them, but we're all growing and changing all the time. And so I think most couples, and even if we're not couples who are like intent on growth, I think we still don't know as much about our partners as we think we do. Cause we, we hold so much in, especially if it's a man who's not as forthcoming. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so great. This has been such an amazing conversation. I actually love leaving kind of on that note of I want to know you. Um, it's so great. Like what a thing just to be have in your head as you, whoever's listening, as you go back to your relationship and just have that intent of yeah. wanting to get to know this person and what makes them tick. Yeah. Like beautiful. I love it. And so tell uh, my listeners where they can find you. Again, I'll have it all on the show notes page, but, and say yes. a little bit about your amazing podcast. Yeah. All right. Okay. So my podcast is called man alive and it's resources for men around relationships and health and money and sex and love and leadership. And people of all genders, again, have listened and said, Oh, you know, this isn't really just for men, but I gear the questions toward what I know men are going through because I think men have fewer resources than mm-hmm. the rest of us often, um, or than women. And yeah, you can find me. My website is Shana James Coaching and Shana is S-H-A-N-A. And if you go to Shana James Coaching slash TEDx, you'll see my TEDx talk, which is called What a Thousand Men's Tears Reveal About the Crisis Between Men and Women. Mm-hmm. And there are great, some... By the way. Thank you. 
there are some guides there, you know, for men and for women that you can get about miscommunication or how we push each other away and how we can naturally ignite attraction. And yeah, I just feel, I, I feel grateful for you, Abby, for, for doing this and for really going to deeper levels. I think when I heard you on my podcast, talk about how we just don't really need to put as much attention on the surface mm-hmm. shit, you know, like mm-hmm. we really need to appreciate our partners for who they actually are and why we wanted them in our lives in the first place. Yeah. I appreciate the, the, the deepening that you're doing with people. Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, well, thank you so much for being here. It's totally mm-hmm. awesome. And thank you for having me for everyone else. I love you so much. I'm glad you were listening and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcap.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.